This is the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and Beyond, with your host, Greg Brindo. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. Greg Brindo here. It's our pre-draft dissertations. As I put it, you know, a few years ago, the great Bill Livingston and I put a book together called The Great Book of Cleveland Sports Lists. And it was a list of everything. And we had other people contributing. And one of the lists was the Dean's List, the Browns 12, in parentheses 10, just won't cut it, worst draft pick since 1970. All right? Now, uh, we did the book uh, 10 years ago. And a lot has happened in the last 10 years. And I had to expand... The worst draft pick since 1970. Yeah, it, yeah, well, if you've been around the last few years, you understand completely just why that happened. (laughs) In fact, it really needs no explanation as to why it happened. So we expanded that and we started it in our last Dean's dissertation with number 16. Because we've had to add, we've actually added five. And we took away one. All right? Yeah, that's what happens. We added five. We took away one. And as I said, the one that I took away, and we'll get to it at the end of this podcast again, is Tim Couch, that I had uh, way up there. But after thinking about it, after looking at the stats and realizing, as we said in our last dissertation, what the problems that Tim Couch encountered, it really wasn't his fault. So we did... Number 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. We started with Charles White, Clifford Charlton, Gerard Warren, William Green, Courtney Brown, Steve Holden, and Pete Adams. That was a double tandem, folks, back in 1973. And, of course, Willis Adams was at number 10. So we explained all of that. So let's pick it up with number nine. Number nine was Ohio State linebacker Craig Powell back in 1995, uh, April of 95, the last year that the Browns were here before they moved to Baltimore. What a year that was. And what in the world was Bill, yeah, that Bill Belichick thinking, folks. Yep, Now, the Ohio State linebacker was the Browns' first pick in 95. He was the 30th selection overall. The Browns got him from San Francisco on draft day. Now, the Browns did have a higher pick, the number 10 selection. But when Mike Mamula, remember Mike Mamula, folks? A defensive end out of Boston College went to the Eagles at the seventh pick, and then tight end Kyle Brady went to the Jets at number nine. Coach Bill decided... I think we're going to trade down. And yeah, he traded down. He got the 49ers third and fourth round picks that season and the number one pick in 1996. And of course, Craig Powell. Of course, we didn't care who the number one pick in 1996 because in 1996, the Cleveland Browns were the Baltimore Ravens. Now, how about this, folks? Craig Powell held out for 18 days before signing a four-year, $3.26 million deal. Now, that was 65% more money than Kansas City paid that draft's next pick, linebacker Trezell Jenkins. And remember, folks, Art Modell really didn't have any money either. 
So that made it even more stupid. For all that, Powell lasted three years in the NFL, played 14 games. Here's where it becomes really depressing. San Francisco used the Browns pick to draft J.J. Stokes. Okay. With the 1996 first rounder, the Ravens selected all-pro linebacker, now Hall of Famer, Ray Lewis. Except, uh, as you know, they were the Baltimore Ravens. All right. Number eight. Touchdown, Tommy Vardell. He was the ninth overall pick in 1992 out of Stanford. Yep, smart kid. Have to be smart to go to Stanford, and even when you play football, you got to be a smart kid. Vardell was thought to be the next Kevin Mack. Unfortunately, he really couldn't um, tie Kevin Mack's shoes or even wear Kevin Mack's shoes. Vardell played eight years in the league. That's right. <laughs> Touchdown Tommy actually survived eight years in the NFL. Three of them with the Browns. And in those three years, Vardell ran for 1,061 yards, caught 48 passes, and scored five touchdowns. That's in eight years, folks. 1,000 yards in eight years. That's what, 150 yards a season? 48 passes? That's what, six catches a year? Five touchdowns? What, Little more than half a touchdown a season. Uh, he was the ninth pick of the draft. All right. Number seven. Oh, the Browns moved up 19 spots for the fifth slot in the first round of the 1987 draft through a trade with San Diego involving the disgruntled Chip Banks. Remember, Chip had. Just about enough of the Cleveland Browns by then. Great player. But Chip always had a chip on his shoulder, and Chip was not the kindest guy around. I I don't really know how many spoken words Chip actually uttered to the media during his time in Cleveland, but I got to think there weren't they weren't that many. I honestly, I might recall just in my own head, in my own experience, maybe Chip Banks saying one or two sentences to me in his entire career here. Well, Cleveland was more than happy to accommodate the Chargers and Coach Marty Schottenheimer fixated on um, Dukes's junction when most draft experts said, no, take Shane Conlon from Penn State. Well, the mad dog in the meat market, Dominelli, he was the uh, Brown scout then. Yeah, he coined the phrase, mad dog in a meat market. He was neither mad, and I don't even know if Junkin ever got to the meat market. He was neither big enough nor fast enough to play in the NFL as a linebacker. If you remember Mike Junkin, he was a real skinny guy, and he really didn't do that. He wasn't great. He lasted just three seasons in the NFL, two with the Browns. To make matters worse, Now think about this, folks. Rod Woodson and Jerome Brown went later that year in the first round. And when we look at why the Browns have been where they've been, what they've done, what they've not done, that kind of tells the story. All right. We're having so much fun. Let's get to number six. Brady Quinn. 
22nd pick in the 2007 draft. Remember when Brady thought he was going to go high? Remember the cameras on Brady throughout that draft? And people wondering, when is Brady going to be drafted? Who's going to draft him? Well, the Cleveland Browns finally took Brady Quinn. And I was at the, I was at the bar that day. We, we, were, we were doing a show, and it was an amazing, it was an amazing response from the audience. Cleveland Browns football fans thought they had their next Bernie Kosar. Chance of Brady, Brady, Brady. Well, guess what, folks? You know as well as I know, Brady Quinn didn't have a great career. In fact, in three years, Brady Quinn, 14 games, 12 as a starter, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 1,900 yards, 53% percentage rate throwing the football. Um, To say the least, that was not the second coming of Bernie Kosar. No, it wasn't. God, those were ugly numbers. Captain Checkdown. Folks, he just wasn't that good. I don't, I wouldn't say that he was horrible, but he just wasn't that good. Brown signed him for a $20 million contract. $7.5 million of that was guaranteed. Right off the bat, he was behind Charlie Fry and Derek Anderson. Remember in that year in 2007, after game one, the Browns traded Charlie Fry. And all of a sudden, you know, Brady Quinn became the backup quarterback that season. Unfortunately, he didn't play well enough. And then two years later, three years later, I should say, traded to the Denver Broncos. You know, for who? Well, the guy that was on the cover of Madden one year, one Peyton Hillis. That's right, Peyton Hillis. So that was the story of Brady Quinn. And I remember telling everybody, you know, we were all kind of for it. Yeah, I was even sucked into the euphoria. I said, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go for it. You know what? We should have all been fired that day. That's how bad the pick was. Brady Quinn's now a commentator. I think he's on Fox. Not bad job, but not a great quarterback and not worthy the 22nd pick. And now when we go back and look at those um, screenshots of him on television, we now know completely why he dropped. Number five. Oh, baby. Uh, this was a doozy too. Cam Irving, the 19th pick in the 2015 NFL draft. Played a couple of years for the Browns and did absolutely nothing. Couldn't play guard, couldn't play center, couldn't play tackle. I still remember the day that I walked into the Browns locker room. And I just kind of glanced at the locker. Cam was in front of his locker. Now, you got to remember, offensive linemen are big boys, man. they're, they're, They're big dudes. Many of them weigh 300 plus pounds. So, you know, you got some meat on them. You got muscle, you got some meat. But if you looked at Cam Irving, you said, this guy is just one big tub of fat. I just, I just kind of stare and go, how in the world don't you lift the weight? Do you just eat? 
How in the world do you compete against guys that are your size, big as you, stronger than you? Well, you know what? Here's the harsh reality of all that, folks. He really didn't compete because he was essentially worthless for the Cleveland Browns. Again, two years and um, really didn't do nothing. Didn't do a thing. Finally traded to Kansas City. Again, he couldn't play. He, he really couldn't play any of the offensive line positions. Yet he was the 19th pick in the 2015 NFL draft. Oh, we got a versatile lineman here, guys. Well, he'll be able to help the Browns. Uh, no, he didn't. So that's that. All right, here we go. Let's get to number four. And this may be my favorite draft bust of all time. Johnny Football, let's wreck this league. Once again, in 2014, not like the Browns, you know, understood the lesson they learned in 2007 when they drafted Brady Quinn, the Browns went out and drafted Johnny Manziel. You know, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Texas A&M. The man that's going to change everything. Well, guess what? He changed nothing. And I still remember the night we were at the Cleveland Convention Center. In fact, we were all over the place. I just remember at the convention center that night, the crowd in its anticipation, cheering that the Cleveland Browns had gotten Johnny Manziel. And I said, oh, okay. I, I, I sort of went around I, I sort of went along with it. Not really. But that's the way it was. I, I, I just had in the back of my mind a really, really bad feeling. And you know, my instincts were correct. What a bust he was. Heck, he was, you know, he was, remember he was fined before even the regular season started when he did that hand gesture during the, the Washington Redskins preseason game? Well, here's the problem with Johnny Football. Johnny Football wasn't fast enough in the NFL. He had defensive linemen chase him down. Defensive linemen chase him down. And I knew at that point, this wasn't college football anymore. You couldn't outrun offensive linemen, or I should say defensive linemen. These were the big boys. And they were going to hunt him down, and they did. On top of that, Johnny didn't really understand the playbook or really study the playbook. In fact, just a month ago, Johnny Manziel actually called out the Browns and said, hey, guys, you didn't do your homework on me. Hey, no kidding, Johnny. And guess what? You didn't act professionally. Yet the fans still love him. You know what? I called them the Manziel Mafia. And now they're all in hiding. But I'm sure there's still some Manziel Mafia people out there that think Johnny football could play. Well, Johnny had some other issues. Many, many, many issues that were off the field that contributed to why Johnny Manziel never became not even a bad NFL quarterback. He, he was worse than bad. Sorry. Yeah. He made a few plays occasionally, 
in his career, you know, Johnny Manziel, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, 1,675 yards, and a passer rating of 74.4. That kind of says everything, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Well, in March of 2016, March 11th to be exact, Johnny Manziel was cut by the Cleveland Browns. He is yet to play in the NFL. He wants to play in the NFL. Whether he ever does or not, I think really depends on how badly Johnny Manziel wants it. And quite honestly, I don't think Johnny Manziel really wants it bad enough. Good riddance. And as I keep saying on Twitter, I'm really tired of reading Johnny Manziel stories. I don't really care. Seriously. He didn't help the Browns. He's one of the reasons the Browns have been in this dark abyss because he didn't really help. He didn't really care enough. And for that, good luck to you. Actually, I don't even wish him good luck. Number three, number three, the third pick in the 2012 draft, Trent Richardson out of Alabama. Now, I think everyone thought that this guy was going to be a pretty good running back in the NFL. Most draft experts thought that he was the best running back coming out of college. Well, it also shows you that college can be quite different than the NFL. And although he had a decent first year, 15 games, 267 attempts, 950 yards, 11 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, he only averaged 3.6 yards per carry. And the one thing that we all noticed, or at least that I noticed right off the bat, and it was very obvious this guy just never hit the hole quick enough. There was always this hesitation when he got to the line of scrimmage. And for that, no one could figure out why he was this way, and he never changed. I'll give Joe Banner credit for this. He saw that too and said, this is a guy we got to get rid of. This is not the future running back for the Cleveland Browns. And he was absolutely dead on with that. Boy, man, I'll tell you, you just <laughs> you just look at those numbers. It's just crazy. Not, not anything for two years for the Cleveland Browns. Injuries after this. He's vowed to make a comeback recently. But I and there was a really sad documentary uh done about him and about how his family just sucked all his money away. It it really is a sad case. But at the end of the day, he just didn't have the talent to play in the National Football League. He certainly didn't have the talent to be a number one draft choice. And he most certainly didn't have the talent to be the number three pick in the 2012 draft. Number two. And quite honestly, he could be number one. 2014, the same year that Johnny Football was drafted, Justin Gilbert the eighth pick of the draft, the Mike Patton pick of that draft. Justin Gilbert started three games in two years with the Browns. And for some, a very odd reason, the Steelers picked him up. And he did anything there. Didn't like football, didn't care for football, didn't work at all. Talk about a guy 
that once he got drafted, essentially said, you know what? This isn't for me. Took some cash, but really never, never, ever, ever had his heart in his in this game. And to be honest about it, I, you know, I know if he had his heart in the game, would he have become a decent player? I, I don't know. But it was all attitude. It was all mental. And he just really didn't care to play the game. You wasted the eighth pick of a draft, the eighth pick of a draft for a guy who, by the way, they didn't even talk to before the draft. Oh, by the way, for a guy who didn't like the sport. How could you make somebody the eighth pick of the draft when you really didn't do your homework? You know, as Johnny Manziel said, the Browns didn't do their homework on him. Well, they certainly didn't do their homework on Justin Gilbert. That may have been the most horrible draft in the history of the Cleveland Browns, folks. And that was just four years ago. We are now down to number one, and that is Mike Phipps. Because in 1970, the Browns needed a quarterback. Bill Nelson's knees were basically shot. And theoretically, we understood that. He was going to be the quarterback of the 70s. He was going to be the quarterback that would continue the Browns' playoff run. Problem is the Browns traded future Hall of Famer Paul Warfield to the Miami Dolphins for their first-round pick. The number three selection overall. Sound familiar? Remember Trent Richardson, the number three pick? Well, Phipps' numbers tell the whole story. Seven years with the Browns. He actually lasted seven years. Throwing for just 10,000 yards. A completion rating of 49%. 55 touchdowns. 108 interceptions. Can I repeat that? 49% completion, 55 touchdowns, and 108 interceptions. That's why Mike Phipps will go down as the worst pick, in my opinion, in the history of the Cleveland Browns since 1970. As we told you in our last podcast, we eliminated Tim Couch, who I had at number two at the time, Only when you research the numbers, only when you look at what Tim Couch had to play for as an expansion quarterback, the odds were really stacked against him. He really didn't have an opportunity to show what he could do. So there you have it. With the draft around the corner, unfortunately, the Browns haven't fared well in many years, and especially in recent years. So it's no wonder the Browns have had the seasons that they've had most recently. My only hope is that John Dorsey and his crew make the right picks on April 26th. Because if they don't, we'll be adding to the list. And I really don't want to add to this list. Well, that's another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned next time for more of the Dean's Dissertation I'm Greg Brenda. Subscribe, rate, and return for more with the Dean.